Hi everyone and welcome back to the Poemat podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. Um, I am really excited about this episode. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, there's lots of reasons for that. Um, the first one is it's probably it's about a subject that I'm really interested in. And, uh, and But the most important thing is that two of my best friends are on here. People who've been in the podcast before and now they're going to be on together. Uh, Emma Morrison and Kevin Nye. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm very excited, especially to join Kevin. I think this is going to be a blast. Yes. Thank you so much for bringing us back and bringing us together. This is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And those of you who are regular listeners will know Emma and Kevin were part of um, the kind of first segment of this series, uh, kind of geek philosophy, geek theology um, that we had started earlier in the year. Um, they were on separate episodes. Um, Kevin did a little thing on the theology of the MCU, and uh, Emma did a little bit on Star Wars. And now, uh, for this kind of second segment of the series, uh, we've got them back for this episode, which is going to be on Wonder Vision. And we're going to talk about Wonder Vision. We're going to talk about um, how it impacted us, the themes uh, that came up for us. Um, how it's linked to deconstruction and so many other things and grief, which is another theme of this podcast. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm really, really excited. It's going to be great. Um, so Wonder Vision, um, by the way, anyone who's listening, there will be spoilers in this episode. So if you've not seen it, well, first, why haven't you seen it? Um, but second, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> Uh, then there's going to be spoilers. That's just the you know you've had a lot of time to see it. Um, Turn back. Turn back. <laughs> it came out. You don't like, want to be spoiled. <laughs> that's right. It's been it's been out since like February or something. So everyone's had enough time to see it. So um, really, I'll I'll just do a little synopsis of it. It's um, Wanda Wanda Maximov, who is um, an Avenger, um, uh, and Vision, who is uh, another Avenger who died um, in, uh, I think, Infinity War. Um, uh, Thanos basically killed him and took the, took one of the Infinity Stones off him. And they were they were they were a couple. They were in love. Uh, and uh, and in Wonder Vision, we we see suddenly that Vision is kind of back from the dead. We don't know how. And he and Wonder are living in this kind of idyllic life, which looks like a fifties television show. Uh, and then the next episode, it looks like a 60 television show, and then and so on. And eventually, we see that this is actually a world that has been created by Wanda. And Wanda's, um, Wanda has incredible power. She, uh, her, her official superhero name is the Scarlet Witch. Um, so she has a lot of mystical power, a lot of um, supernatural power. Uh, and she uses this power basically. And the power of her grief to create this world that, um, which is her idyllic perfect world, which she controls, uh, where everything goes, everything happens as she wants, and if something happens that she doesn't like, she pretends or makes it like it hasn't happened. And we see this unravel over the whole series. Um, and yeah, um, so that's kind of a synopsis of the series, <laughs> like in about thirty seconds. Um, <laughs> But some of the themes that I noticed, um, as I've already mentioned, would be you know, grief is a big thing that comes up. Religious certainty is a thing that comes up, how we hide from grief and certainty. Um, colonialism kind of comes up in the show as well. Um, oppressing people. Um, these things will come up in the show. So we're going to talk about all of these things over the next um, half hour, 40 minutes. Um, so I'll start with I'll start with you, Emma. What was your kind of experience of this show? So um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I have always been drawn to Scarlet Witch. I, when I was growing up, I was really into X-Men. Um, and so in my mind, Scarlet Witch falls more under the X-Men banner than the Avengers banner, because of course, like the comics are a little bit different than the MCU, mm-hmm. which I love because, you know, different medium, different canon. I, I think it's fantastic what they're doing. Um, 
However, um, my husband is also super into the MCU. And so he knows like way more um, about, you know, um, the Avengers and Wanda's role and the relationship with Vision and all of that. And like the actual written canon versus the MCU, because we didn't, we don't get a lot of Wanda in the films. We get little snapshots, we get little vignettes. And some of those moments are really beautiful. Um, really nice, you know? And uh, of course, in Infinity War, you have this moment where, um, you know, Shuri in Wakanda is trying to untangle Vision, his personhood from, I guess it's the mind gem, right? Mm -hmm. um, yep. So he, you know, they're, they're trying to untangle it, but then, you know, Wakanda is attacked by Thanos's army and you've got all of this, you know, other stuff going on. And so Vision goes, you know, we have to fight. And so it comes down to the fact that they don't want Thanos to have this infinity stone that is, you know, um, a big part of the reason that Vision is actually sentient, right? Um, and so you have this um, absolutely devastating moment where he says to Wanda, like, you have to kill me. So, like, you have to destroy the stone, which they realized, you know, if they don't untangle Vision from the stone first, then he will die mm -hmm. if they destroy the stone, right? And yeah. so she says, like, no, I can't do it. And he says, you know, like, yes, you can. And then he has this beautiful moment, which was ad-libbed. When I found this out, I was like, Paul Bettany doing it again, you know, just, like, destroying our hearts consistently across time and space. Um, he says, you know, I just feel you, right? Like he just feels her and like their love. And, you know, you have this devastating moment and then, you know, he dies and then uh, she gets dusted in the blip. And that's sort of where we pick up, you know, with WandaVision. And when I was growing up, like my, my parents are, my dad is a little bit older. Um, he's, He's about 11 years older than my mom. And so when I was growing up, we watched a lot of like old TV shows. So for example, um, like the first episode of WandaVision is inspired by the Dick Van Dyke show, right? And I'm watching it and I'm going, oh my God, that's gotta be the same set and everything, right? Like they must have, you know, like recreated, um, you know, that set. And so I found myself like really being drawn into it um, because it was that aspect of nostalgia and also those like those little Easter egg moments. Like when you've seen those shows that like the different episodes are sort of inspired by, you sort of, you know, are like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like they've incorporated that. And I thought, and you know, we didn't really know why at the start, we were like, why is it all of these, you know, sitcoms? Like, what is that about? And I was thinking, I'm watching it. I'm like, so, you know, as we know, in the canon, Wanda was born and grew up in Sokovia, um, which is, of course, a made-up country in the MCU, um, in, uh, you know, Eastern Europe. And so I was like, obviously, English is not her first language. So maybe she grew up watching those shows to learn English because I know a lot of folks um, who are trying to, you know, learn English, they watch a lot of American TV, especially sitcoms. And so I was like, wow, that's gotta be it. And then it turned out it was, and I was like, yes, perfect. <laughs> um, but I really, like you said, um, when we started, you know, those themes of grief and the way that like Wanda's grief over the loss of vision after she had had everything taken away from her, her home, her brother, um, you know, yeah. her agency, her, uh, her identity, her personhood taken from her. And then you have this beautiful love story where they fall in love because he's also an outsider, right? Because he's like, not, is he really a person? Is he a robot? Is he, you know, like, what is vision? What is the vision other than, you know, like the brainchild of Tony and Bruce, right? And her grief was so potent that she didn't know that she was lashing out. Like her, 
her actual grief became a physical manifestation and was lashing out and creates this, like you said, this idyllic world where it's her, her perfect, you know, life. Yeah. And this is the first time that we really see Wanda's powers for what they are. Yeah. And that's scary yeah. as hell. Right? It is. Right. And I I was I was um and I'll come to Kevin in a sec. The, as somebody who lost who's had had a lot of grief, um People know my story. I lost my, my my mother. I had a another grief experience with my mother when I was younger, before she died. Uh, I've had a lot of different big losses in my life. I've lost it all at some at one point or another, uh, and I resonated with wonder completely in that moment. Grief is so powerful. Um, mm. There is an there is an anim- it is there is so much energy that comes from grief. It can. It can create, it can destroy, it can, um, it it has incredible power. And when so when you see Wanda like falling to the floor and all that energy coming out of her, that was like to like a metaphor for the energy of grief and what it can do if we just let it, if it just comes out. And like, well, when, she didn't know what she was doing as well. She didn't know right? what she was doing because the power was so strong. It kind of unleashed the power that she already, the, she already had. Yeah, it kind of, you know what I mean though. But it was the kind of grief was the animating, was the animating energy. It was the thing that unlocked it, um, because it was too powerful for her. The grief was too powerful for her, um, and that was powerful for me. That was, that was I, I resonated with that because that's what grief can do if we don't deal with it properly, if we try to deny it, which she tried to do, constantly. She was trying to get the body and trying to figure out a way to bring him back and just not accepting that he was gone and um yeah and it was almost a tragedy in in many ways um so kevin what was your kind of experience of of this yeah i mean i loved it i was i was looking forward to it so much following the release dates and all that i've uh you know we're recording this now and uh we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we have Loki and What If has started. And for me, WandaVision set a bar that has not been topped yet for uh, Marvel TV. Uh, the production value is just yeah. astronomical. Yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. Stunning. Yeah, the, the concept of it, paying, paying homage to so many eras of television is something you can only do in TV. So it's like perfect form meeting content. The... Uh, the world building that they did, the acting. I mean, mm. I I echo what you said, Emma, about how uh, you know Vision and Wanda didn't get a lot to do in the MCU. That extends to the actors too. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany did not get to show how talented they are until WandaVision. And yeah. Elizabeth Olsen was just I. We have only seen the very tip of the iceberg of her talent. I, I really was so impressed with, I mean, I I wasn't surprised, but I remember watching and going like, Oh my God, like she's, she's in it, you know, like she leaving everything on the stage, you know, Um, there's something, I, I grew up doing a lot of theater. And so there was something that, you know, um, a drama teacher said one time that really stuck out to me. You can tell a good actor by whether they are willing to be ugly. So you have, you know, sometimes, especially, especially with women in media, you have these like beautiful displays of emotion, um, which I mean, is fine. People, all different people display their emotions in all different ways, you know, But you have this moment where, you know, it's sort of, we finally find out sort of at the end where Wanda, you know, goes to this plot of land where Vision has, you know, like purchased a home for them to grow old together in. And then we we watch what happens and that sort of like lets us know sort of what's been happening the whole time. But she literally just collapses onto the floor, onto the ground and is sobbing. And she isn't worried about 
you know, what she looks like in that moment. She is just acting the hell out of the scene. And that's something that we didn't, I, I found was lackluster in um, Age of Ultron. And that was definitely not Elizabeth's fault, Elizabeth Olsen's fault by any stretch. Um, was, you know, you have this moment where her brother Pietro dies yeah. and like she grieves momentarily, but then she's just like, you know, right back into it, which I found, I mean, they, they didn't, yeah. they didn't let her, they didn't let her do what she could with the character. And like you were saying, Kevin, like that's what they were doing in WandaVision was like, giving the opportunity to really expand these sort of quote unquote side characters um, that are important. Yeah. And I think that's, it's a medium that allows, allows you to do that. That's the one thing I love about television is that it allows for real character development over a period of time. Um, and you can explore so much more in a TV show than you can in a two-hour movie, actually. Like, or even a three... Like, if you think about a, a TV show, like one-hour episodes, so you've got six of those, that's six hours. That's basically a movie trilogy. That's one season of a TV show. Uh, I mean, like, oh, we, saw that, I mean, we saw this with Loki. Loki, like, that, the character development in just those six episodes was phenomenal it was just mind-blowing like he he becomes a different like by the end of that series he is a different character like he he reframes like everything about who he is and you kind of empathize with him and like he's gone through this big journey of, of transformation um and uh i mean this is a different show but but that but the point is that in these shows we can we can develop these characters a lot more and i always felt that there was something unexplored about about Wanda in particular because she had because she had suffered so much because she has such a traumatic background um, she'd lost everything already and then she yeah. has this beautiful thing with vision and then that's like the last straw for her yeah it's the like one I thing finally, holding her together yeah it's like I finally found this one thing to hold me together to get me going again to kind of start over after all that loss and then that's gone yeah i i, I felt that really deeply that the anger that, that she would have felt like I, I i felt that anger literally at like times in my life that it's just like like can i just have one thing like <laughs> just one thing like and not have it been taken away or ruined or whatever you know <laughs> um i feel that and I feel the the temptation to want to control everything. Like when when you've been through all of that, when you've lost everything, and you and or and you've had so much grief and trauma, you you want to control everything. Um, and the interesting thing about this show is that at first she doesn't realize it's her who's creating this world, and then but when she does, she doesn't stop it. Because, exactly. because because she's safe. Because she's in control. Because she can't be hurt anymore. And she doesn't want to be hurt anymore. And although that hurts and oppresses a lot of people, um, which is why hurt people can hurt people, um, it's a kind of big metaphor for that. Um, again, it, you, can, you can understand somebody who's been through that wanting to, not wanting to escape from that. Not wanting to let go of control of that because they're afraid of being hurt again, afraid of being abandoned again, afraid of losing something again, um, afraid to actually deal with this stuff. Um, and yeah, it's an example of what happens when people don't deal with their grief because it, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And she ends up hurting a lot of people and oppressing a lot of people. Um, you've got this really fantastic, um, foil, for Wanda in Agatha. Yes. Um, who obviously is sort of sort of like a similar type being. Obviously, she's a witch. We see this flashback of like this suffering she's gone through, and like, 
you know, she's been turned on by her coven, she's been turned on by her, her own mother. And then you see how that has let Agatha rot on the inside. Versus Wanda, we see her at the beginning of that sort of journey. Like, Kevin, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it's it's very... I thought that was a very interesting play. I have to be honest, I didn't know anything about that character going into it. And so I was like, oh, I knew Catherine Hahn was sneaky. I knew she was shady, but did I know what it was about? No. Yeah, I think, and I will say, I this was my favorite Marvel show. I loved it. I loved so many things about it. I feel like it fumbled the ball a little bit at the end of the final episode with a lot of things that we're talking about here. Um, I had a really great conversation with uh, uh, Robert Monson, if you know him on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I had a chat with him about this too. Yeah. Cause he had a, he had a strong reaction to the finale and made really great points about it that uh, I, and I love the theme of, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And I appreciated that they explored that but I do think the show lets her off the hook with one little line of dialogue that Monica gives. Monica comes to her and says something like, uh, they'll never know what you sacrificed for them. What you gave up. Yeah. Yeah, You gave up. Uh, And I feel like if you just subtract that, that little bit from the script, it actually makes it such a stronger show because she goes off into exile at the end uh, because honestly she should be <laughs> like, there should be some kind of consequences for what happened, but right. because she's no one can yeah. do anything. She's the most powerful being on earth. Uh, and I, I do just wish the show would have let her continue to live right. in that like anti-hero space because she kind of always has. She mm-hmm. started out as a villain, right? She was a villain at the beginning of Ultron switches sides then we next see her in civil war where she's kind of like she also switches sides in that because she's trying to find her way mm-hmm. uh, you know she does get to be a full-on hero badass in infinity war and endgame but like i do i, I wish the show would have not written written that piece of it into to the yeah. end to kind of apologize for her uh because i don't mm-hmm. know it's earned uh and then I also, I do kind of think what she does to Agatha at the end is a little messed up. I felt like uh, punishment doesn't fit the crime. And <laughs> I also, I don't, you know, you you hope for in these superhero movies uh, endings for villains that aren't just like reciprocal violence, right? And we don't yeah. get very often. And honestly, most of these MCU movies do a good job of like, making it so the villain like ends up killing themselves in some way or like dies through some not direct, like getting killed mm-hmm. by hero. Um, killed by their own, you know, yeah. avarice and yeah. hubris, right? Like, right. or choosing to die like black Panther, even when the hero's trying to save them. I mean, I think one of the most, powerful- that was powerful. It yeah. killed longer in black Panther. Yeah. Powerful. Honestly, black Panther gets the two most powerful, villain endings in the mcu because the end of civil war he literally stops the villain from committing suicide Mm -hmm. and that that to me oh so so powerful i could go on about that um but yeah i feel like you really have to find that fine line where okay if you need this villain to be around for a future movie or not around because they're too powerful or something finding that way to remove them or disempower them without making Mm -hmm. it retributive violence. And I definitely felt that what she does to Agatha, especially knowing earlier in the series, how agonizing it is when she's controlling people. Mm -hmm. uh, That that felt a little, uh, as well with me. Yeah. That didn't me either. I, I, I was, I was almost confused by, I was, so so you're going to, you know how wrong this was. You know this was bad. And now you're going to do this to somebody like who maybe deserves consequences for their actions, but not like this. Yeah. Uh, and 
Um, and it was kind of normalized in a way. And I, I didn't like that. Um, I guess I'm, I'm guess I'm hoping that there's some kind of consequence for her doing that in maybe in um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is where we're going to see her next, I think. So I, I imagine they like because it sort of it sort of struck me. I, I definitely see where you're coming from with this for sure. It sort of struck me as I can't deal with you right now. I do not have the knowledge, the physical know-how on how to actually, you know what I mean, like depower or whatever. Um, so she's, you know, tucked her in this spot. I think they'll return to it. I don't think that that is done. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that that's something that, um, because who knows what is going to be, you know, undone by what we saw at the end of Loki. Oh, right. With the branch timeline, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, that's fascinating. And, so- and there was that, you know, someone on the internet, I wish I had known, did the side by side of the episodes of, you know, Wanda becoming the Scarlet Witch side by side with the finale of Loki, where the, um, you know, he who remains, Kang the Conqueror, um, says, yeah. like, yeah. Oh shit! I don't know what's going on now. Like, yeah, what's happening? Like Loki. Is- was that one of the moments that contributed yeah. to that? Was it? Was it the fact that that yeah. Scarlet Witch power had not been claimed? Because it's like that that raw power of creation and destruction, right? And so one thing that you know bothered me about the way that you know they brought Wanda into the MCU is that they like depowered her incredibly. Like they really, really underpowered her um because you know in the i haven't read it myself but um after you know doing a little bit of research it's sort of like in the actual infinity gauntlet book like wanda and like wanda plays a huge role in that whole conflict because she is so highly powered um, but we can't have that in a movie, in a superhero movie, because when women are powerful, people don't like that. Um, <laughs> so, like, as a woman, that was something that I watched it. I was like, ah, oh, they, like, depowered her. They underpowered her. Ugh. But then you see her come into the power at the end of the show. And so that was what I was thrilled about. I was like, yes, she's, like, claiming her, like, cosmic birthright or whatever. Yeah. However you want to put it. And then, like you said, like, I I don't think that's resolved um, as much as people maybe perhaps, like, because there's no way that they are, you know, having Catherine Hahn be, you know, six episodes, one and done. There's no way. No, I I, I mean, like I said, I got that sense too, that that is to be continued somewhere. Um, Yeah. um, I, I mean, I'm really, I mean, having seen... Loki and WandaVision. Uh, I'm really curious about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because that is both of those, both Wanda and Loki are in that show, are in that movie. And um, they've they've messed up. Both, they've both. messed up. And, you know, Stephen Strange is like, gotta clean up after the kids, I guess, you know. Did yeah. they, they confirm Loki's in that movie? Yeah. I don't, it, did they? I, I haven't seen that myself, but I hope so. I friggin' hope so. I think he is. Yeah, I, I saw something about it when after Loki finished that uh, that he's going to be in that show, um, that, that movie somewhere. Um, and it makes sense because he's just been, he just kind of was part of like the whole, you know, timeline getting like completely unleashed um, and the multiverse being almost created um so it would make sense that he was involved in it somewhere sure um and i want to i want to see more of of loki and how his character develops anyway um but and it's, but it's just it's just this this irony that kind of scarlet witch looks to be becoming more of a villain again like and loki's now becoming like a anti-hero kind of, you know like you, you kind of as loki is now at the end of his first series of his show You'd expect him to be on the side of good, or on the side of Doctor Strange, rather than kind of you know, the antagonist. Um, mm. 
And that that me is going to be really really interesting because it's going to take these stories on. And that that's the great thing about these shows is that we're going to get loads of backstory for for movies, um, as well as them being great shows in their own right. You know, um, and yeah, uh, it, it just allows you to explore characters in a uh, in a much deeper way. Uh, like I was saying before, um, like we've got. We're getting another Captain America movie, um, and we've already had the kind of character development of that, of of of, um, of that of that Captain America, and that's really exciting. So, um, yeah, it's 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 brilliant, and like I said, the production values are fantastic. But I've always loved comic book stories and comic book movies and comic book TV shows purely because they the characters and the stories we resonate with them in so many ways and they resonate with the real world in so many ways. Um, um, cause their stories are like our stories and or well, they're warning signs to us. Like this wonder, wonder vision is kind of like a warning sign. Cautionary yeah. tale for sure. Like, like if you don't deal with your, with your grief, with your trauma, with, with all the stuff that you're carrying, it can destroy you and it can destroy other people. And, um, and that's that's why the ending was so so frustrating that he kind of got let off because it's like it almost saying you can do all of that and then get away with it and um, that was the sad thing about that. But the the point was still really really strong in that that um, that you have to deal with this stuff otherwise it will destroy you and destroy others. And I want to it's when Wanda starts to actually face up to grief in the show. Um, which Agatha helps her do, actually, which is kind of ironic. Um, when she starts dealing with that, then you start to see her embrace her full power and identity. Like, that's when that happens. When she finally deals with it, when she finally talks about it, when we have that, we have that, we have that amazing scene where she's kind of sitting with Vision in this kind of dream reality, almost like, um, it reminded me of IFS therapy, going to parts of your brain and talking to them and like trauma wounds and talking to them and and this this version of vision says to her like grief is love persevering like what is grief but what is lord no what is what is grief but love persevering that's the line and it was like oh, i was like oh my god yeah that's so true that line i have to be honest that line rocked my world i was like wow imagine being the writer that wrote that oh, oh yeah god. I mean that it launched a thousand memes. <laughs> it, it really did. It really did. Yeah, I think um, something we can't talk about WandaVision without the context of when it came out too, which was, you know, like you're right about it being February or early uh, 2021, where you know we've been in COVID for so long. So not only were we all experiencing like collective grief and trauma oh my god yeah also there was just a complete like hunger for movies and like especially mcu like we were supposed to have gotten black widow we were supposed to have gotten eternals like there were we missed at least two or three release dates of marvel movies that all got Shang-Chi as well yeah and 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 not just marvel but we missed you know a Bond movie, we missed a billion movies, right, that were supposed to come out. And and I think that way more people watched WandaVision than would have if it wasn't yeah. during COVID. Like, it became a cultural phenomenon among people who had not watched a single MCU movie, right? Absolutely. And that, yeah. because it also appealed to, like, lovers of classic TV and anyone who wants something of a high production value <laughs> because there's, you know, it, there's a vacuum. And so, and, and then for the subject matter to be what it was to like, I think that kind of the big criticism that I don't think is true, but is often levied against superhero movies is that all they are is like escapism. And literally, like, I don't think that's true of 99% of the MCU anyway, but like WandaVision, if people were turning to WandaVision to escape the realities of COVID, they got tricked just like <laughs> just like uh, Wanda did by uh, by Agatha, like having to like literally walk through her her trauma and come out the other side feeling, you know, 
a different way about it and being empowered and finding a little bit more of herself in that. Uh, and I, I just got to give kudos to, to the writers, to Marvel for taking that risk. And also, uh, are, you guys are aware that there's this joke about how Sims, Simpsons writers can predict the future? Yes. James, you're aware of this? No, I'm not. I don't really watch Simpsons that much. Okay, well, just you can go down a Google rabbit hole later, but Simpsons writers like predict stuff like to a crazy amount. Like they predict disturbing. Like, like they predicted President Trump in the. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember that one. Yeah, so, I remember that one. Yeah, there's a bunch of them, right? Now I think that that title has now gone to the MCU because WandaVision was getting produced and made long before COVID. And I don't know if you two are aware of the theory about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier reshoots. No. I've not heard about that. What's that? Okay, so I I don't know how you guys felt about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I liked a lot of it, but also the villains to me made absolutely no sense. Uh, well, because they like weren't wrong. Right, but <laughs> yeah, their motivations. <laughs> right, well, their their motivations were like kind of confusing throughout the series and what the rumor is because we know that they did reshoots uh after they had wrapped filming and then covid hit and then they reshot once it was safe a lot of things and the director mm. and the writers have said they reshot things because some things were too close to the reality of what was happening and so there, oh, balls. <laughs> there's a there's a pretty convincing theory that a major plot of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was that there was a pandemic uh, and that if you notice in the first episode, the van that the Flag Smashers are stealing is full of like boxes that are labeled vaccines uh, and they never yes. really return. They'd never really return to like, oh, why vaccines? Vaccines for what? Uh, and then in episode three or four, uh, the Mama Donya character passes away from some mysterious illness so theory goes that like there was a global pandemic and there was unequal distribution of vaccines and, and resources and resources. So the flag smashers were trying to do a redistribution and Carly was super motivated because her like maternal figure died of the disease because she couldn't get access to the vaccine. And so it just, it added all of that, but then they had to like, completely reshoot it because that would have just blown our universe apart if the show wasn't. <laughs> yeah. well, I know we went, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've recorded an episode on this, on this show, on this show with, um, with, with a friend of mine, Drew Brown, um, um, who was able to give like uh, the perspective of, 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 a, of a black person watching this, this movie, uh, this, this show as well. And like, yeah, you're right. Um, that is incredible if that's if that's true, um, but there's that. But the other the other the other thing is if if they did film it pre-pandemic, they would have filmed it pre-George Floyd as well. Um, and there's that and that that scene um, where the police officer guy comes and literally just tries to arrest um, Sam Wilson because he's black. Literally, that's basically what he does. And you feel like the tension in there, but it's like, but oh, that was made, that was written before George Floyd. It's like, right. it's, it's quite like, like scary, like surreal, kind of scary, right. in a way. Like you know, because yeah, um, let's not let's not forget too that the final episode, in the final episode, the Flag Smashers' goal is to hijack. A government building to prevent a vote from taking place, which is literally what happened on January sixth. Oh <laughs> my god, that's scary! Yeah, like Marvel. Yeah, Marvel writers are are time travelers or have their ears to the ground in a way that we don't because they predicted that we would need a show to process collective grief. They made a show about potentially about vaccines. That is a whole uh, podcast yeah. in itself. Yeah, <laughs> well, and you've got. I think. I think after watching Loki as well, what what I like about what they have been doing with the the three shows that are out so far is that they're letting women make mistakes. 
you know, they're letting women mess up. And that to me is fantastic um, for a couple of reasons. But I think that it will be interesting to see what direction they take it because you have Wanda with her grief and her loss, but then you have Sylvie with her grief and her loss and her pent up like vengeance seeking as a result of rotting with this grief without handling it. I mean, how could she, she was on the run from, you know, yeah. timekeepers and yeah. the TVA and whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would absolutely love to see them interact and learn how to face and deal with their grief together through that process and be better on the other side because you have yeah. Sylvie, right? I and I think I think she does love Loki. I think that I think that that was true. I just think she also simply cannot trust anyone. And I yeah. think and I think that Wanda sort of has a similar a similar predicament, you know, because we have, you know, she trusted she trusted Agatha and that was not great, didn't end well for her. Um, you know, and she has lost the people whom she could trust. Um, and so I, I think it'll be really interesting to see that play out, especially in the context of, you know, we have like multiverse of madness and then we also have Spider-Man no way home, which, mm. oh boy, am I thrilled to see another Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. But I, I'm really interested to see how they all interplay because like nothing is done by accident in these movies. No. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that the echoes of what Wanda went through in WandaVision were definitely present in Loki, specifically in Loki himself, but then eventually in Sylvie, which I think, like, I think the show was actually about Sylvie personally, myself. I think that she was the protagonist our tom hiddleston loki was the vehicle hmm. for the narrative yeah. and the other the interesting thing is they're essentially the same part they're two parts of the same person oh absolutely um, and that is that's that's the fascinating thing about loki is the one who has grown and yeah. changed based on what he learns at the tva and then you have sylvie who I would I would I never say anyone is too far gone, but she's been stewing in this yeah. and sort of like she's trying to escape yeah, running right. from it by running from the TVA until she can, you know, put her plan together and, you know, yeah, this handle is it. Way of doing this is a this is whatever this which is basically how she's decided she's going to resolve things and make peace with herself and her life. And because she's not again, she's not dealt with the trauma that she went through. No. Do not of her own. Um, and, her, her Thor is gone. Her Frigga is gone. Her Odin is gone because they were pruned, right? So it's not even like she can like go back to her yeah. home. Um, and like, thankfully, you know, we had in WandaVision, which I, I thought was honestly fantastic, that ship of Theseus conversation between, you know, um, grief vision and sword vision um and then he goes like you know <laughs> i love when people were like you know normalize changing your opinion when presented with new information which is what sword vision does because now he has those memories he knows he is more or less the vision who you know was killed in infinity war more more or less just you know minus mm -hmm. the mind gem kind of thing and then, you know, Wanda, there's still potential for that to be healed. Whereas Sylvie doesn't have that. But I mean, maybe that's changed now that the timeline has branched off. Maybe her timeline does exist again. I mean... It's going to be interesting. This is why I'm so fascinated by Multiverse of Madison, No Way Home, because we're going to see... I think we're going to see some of these characters interact with each other. Like Loki and, Loki and Sylvie and, and Wanda. Um, are gonna. I think they, we're going to see interaction, 
Um, and that's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, and um, Stephen Strange's arc is coming into that as well. Like, uh, it's going to be fascinating as well um, post uh, post Endgame. See where he is as a character because we haven't really seen development of him as a character like since his movie. And um, well, we saw which bit... was ages ago now. Yeah, yeah, and we saw a bit of it, I guess, in Endgame a little bit, um, but. But generally, we haven't really seen much of it. So it's going to be interesting to see where that ends up, especially because Benedict Cumberbatch is such a great actor as well. And so it's going to be interesting to see that. So, And it's being yeah. by Sam Raimi, which is going to be amazing. Yeah, I know. I can't wait for that, man. I'm so, be so weird. <laughs> He's yeah. such a good director. Like, I, 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 loved, I loved his first two Spider-Man movies. Um, and he just gets the kind of the Marvel Universe, I think, um, and how it works. Yeah, so... I guess we've got to kind of bring this together somehow. Um, but I think, I think like, I think One Division um, was a show, is a show that was needed, that was kind of prophetic, but also spoke to people where they were at that point when it came out. It was I mean, a bomb, I think. Yeah. Um, for great. what we were, you know, collectively going through, like you said, Kevin, like, everyone was going through this, you know, cause there's, I think, I think there's something really strange about like the grief of losing what you thought was going to be, you know? And so like all of these plans are changing as a result of COVID and all of this loss is happening, people losing their jobs, people losing their loved ones to, you know, to the disease, to the virus. And yeah, I, I think like you said, it, really met people where they were at, which is why, like you were saying, Kevin, it was, you know, how, because we were, you know, content starved at that point, like what, how many people would have watched otherwise if, you know, it hadn't been COVID. So I, I think that's a really, mm. you know, interesting commentary on the grief we were all experiencing and how like that one line in particular really like, that was like a, that was like an arrow to the heart. Yeah. I, you know? I, 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 I've said so many times how these stories, superhero stories are, grief is so entangled in all of them. Uh, it's part yeah. of the hero's journey, right? It's it like is, that, yeah, it's that right. descent aspect of it. And grief is a big part of that descent yeah. part of the hero's journey yeah. and that's what i think is so interesting about where i think where i think they're taking wanda where i hope they're taking her is you know descent and, and ascent again after yeah, I, I think that's that that's that's where she's going i think i mean fingers crossed he <laughs> has kind of paved the way for this as well because yeah. that's the path he took um he you know he, he had his descent and you know, through his the first series of Loki, he had he started to do the work, and I think next time we see him is going to be really interesting. Um, um, seeing that version of Loki, I mean, um, yes, um, not necessarily Loki Prime, but Loki variant. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm still blown away by how different. When you think that show happens immediately after the first Avengers movie. And the transformation that he goes through, like from what he is in that movie to what he ends up as at the end of that season, it's incredible. Um, and but yeah, I mean, we resonate with these stories because we because with because these stories connect with our story, and and that's why these become that's why these things become cultural phenomenon because they connect with where we are, they meet us where we are, and um, they speak they speak they speak truth to something that maybe we haven't spoken. Um, and allow us to feel things that maybe we haven't felt. I've seen, I saw people on Twitter talking about how it was like a healing process for them watching WandaVision. Um, it allowed them to kind of cry and to feel all that grief that they've been carrying, you know, and that's what good storytelling does. Um, well, that's what, that's what superheroes are. That's why they're such cultural touchstones, right? It's their, their humanity amplified right it's their 
they have the best parts of humanity right and and the worst parts too you know in in our villains and even when our heroes you know mess up like we have when you amplify a person and this is a theme of the first captain america right is that you the super soldier serum doesn't just amplify your body it amplifies everything about you so if you if you're if you're at at your core, a, a broken person, it's going to amplify the brokenness. And if at your core, you're a good person, it'll amplify your goodness. Right. And I think that's just true of the superhero genre in general, is that we see in these people amplified versions of ourselves. So you can actually watch grief play out in this show about, you know, a witch and a humanoid robot. And like in a way that, you know, it doesn't have to be as subtle as it might in like a, like a movie, like a marriage story. Right. And not that that movie is subtle, but, um, <laughs> but like you can, you can, you can crank everything up to the same level that you are amplifying the, their strength and their powers. Right. And so it's, it becomes so such an easy, like template like a perfect canvas to explore like pieces of humanity in really analogous ways that anyone can connect with, you know? I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Um, Well, thank you both coming on this show. It's, um, it's, it's, it's really great to have you both on and, uh, yeah, to talk about this stuff, and maybe we'll do more of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Perhaps. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll, I'll let you know about. Well, I'll let you know everyone about that um, as it happens. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, just how can people find you guys online? Um, um, you can find me on uh, Twitter and TikTok and Instagram at Leia Hutzler, L-E-I-A-H-U-T-T-S-L-A-Y-E-R. Um, and you can find me there anytime. And I would love to have you. I love friends, especially internet friends. Um, so yeah, I would love to have you. And thank you so much for having me again, James. This was so much fun. It really was. It really was. Yeah. Kevin. Yeah, you can find me at uh, Twitter and Instagram at Kevin M Nye One. I'm too scared of TikTok, so don't go looking for me there. <laughs> I, I just I can't handle it. My friends send me the good ones so I can experience it, but yeah, I can't handle that. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, James, do you have like an end credits of your podcast? Because should we drop like a teaser after the end of the credits? <laughs> 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 oh well yeah i mean that has to um that has to be uh that has to we have to have something to talk about if we're going to do that but, um, Samuel jackson is going to come in at the end of your podcast um, <laughs> i'm here to talk to you <laughs> about the notes, podcast initiative if you read right to the end of the show notes and keep reading scrolling down there you go maybe you'll find something right at the bottom um yeah so uh <laughs> i like this idea right so well yeah so yeah we'll tell i'll tell you more about what what, what i'm what we're thinking about soon um but uh, otherwise keep up with these guys follow them online and uh thanks for listening everybody <laughs>